Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. I'm super excited for today's guest because let me tell you, she is the real deal. Not only in her knowledge and ability to support product entrepreneurs, but also in her support for me as a trusted biz friend. She is so generous with her knowledge and time, and I feel lucky to know her. Her name is Maureen Wongi, and she is the brand growth strategist behind some of America's most beloved brands like L'Oreal, Chobani, Dove, and Lay's. In her consulting company, Startward Consulting, she teaches entrepreneurs the brand growth strategies big brands use to find their secret sauce, build a brand obsession, and maximize sales for their product-based businesses. Maureen, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much for finally having me here. We've been talking about it for a while, but I'm glad we're doing it now. Yes, we finally made this happen. You would think it would be easier as like entrepreneurs, right? You're supposed to have all this free time, but you don't. So you call yourself a brand growth strategist. And before we hop into the meat of the episode, I'd love to really clarify for the audience what that means, because What I've seen is when people hear branding, they automatically think visual branding like logos and colors, but that's just one piece of the puzzle. So can you talk more about what branding really is and what your role in that process is? Oh, such a great question because I've had the exact same experience where I've seen a lot of product-based entrepreneurs not understanding what brand strategy is or what brand growth is. Most of them think it's a logo or a website design. And to me, that's just like saying uh, a smile is just the two front teeth, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, love that analogy. So to me, brand strategy is pretty much the process of building your brand with scientific precision. It's basically starting from identifying what your customers want to buy, what messages speak to them, how to convey those messages in product, price, position, and placement and then how to use the marketing, sales, and distribution channels to pull the levers that will make your business boom. Okay, so I want everyone to like really take in what she just said, because this is not like throw up a website, create a product, see what sticks to the wall. Like this is literally step-by-step having a plan of what you are going to make your business be not waiting for your business to become it. Exactly. How did you end up doing what you do? When was it in your journey that you figured out, yeah, I'm going to be a brand growth strategist. This is what I love. Um, For me, it was right after I pursued my master's. So I graduated with a master's in marketing analytics, and that program was heavy on data. And just working with like CPG companies in America and realizing, oh my God, they create these brands from data. 
So I fell in love with data analytics. I fell in love with numbers. I fell in love with strategy. And that's where my passion started. So my journey started when I started working for companies like L'Oreal and Chobani. So I'm actually the person who created the Chobani Greek yogurt. So I took that product from concept to cash register. And that's how I got here. And then I realized that I have a bigger purpose because to me, branding is all about communication. It's speaking for what your brand stand for. It's also speaking for what you stand for. And I really wanted to bring this knowledge and insights into the small and medium-sized entrepreneurship space because it's lacking. What I see online is how to grow my sales on Instagram and make 10,000 a month. And then you cannot sustain that growth. Yeah, I love this. And this is part of why I do what I do, right? Is I come from the corporate space and there's so much knowledge that, is not being given to the entrepreneur. And when these product entrepreneurs start their business, like this is just not their background generally. They don't come from retail, building products, brands, et cetera. It's because they're passionate about their product. They solved a problem, usually their own problem, or, you know, they create a boutique because they really love clothes, but the business piece is really missing. So I love what you do and who you do it for. And I think that's why we were basically fast biz friends from the moment we started chatting. And I just love what you do. So I know today's episode has a really big title, Uncap Your Growth. So tell me, what does that look like? So Uncap Your Growth is basically the process of moving from a sales plateau to sales acceleration. So this is a terminology that is used by most of my clients who are in the multi-six-figure space and they're like, Maureen, I need to literally try and get myself to a seven-figure brand. And when an entrepreneur is at that stage, they feel like they've done everything. They have their marketing dialed in. They've made sales up until a certain point. They've created all the amazing products for their customer, but they just don't know what else to do. And so it's the stage where I come in and prevent any mistake they would make that would cause a decline in sales. So what does that look like? It's reducing the diversification of products because a lot of entrepreneurs will want to add more products because they'll think, maybe I need to add another product line for me to make money. But what they forget is that you're going to eat up your profits of your existing line. The second thing I see at this stage is pricing overhaul. They feel like I need to increase my price or I need to decrease my price. People are saying it's expensive. So the pricing strategy is just so complicated. And what people don't realize is that a price increase only contributes to 1% of your growth. Interesting. Okay. And then the last thing which really lacks in this space is understanding that your brand is a leaky bucket. So what most entrepreneurs do especially small and medium-sized, they focus on acquiring. All of them will tell you my customer acquisition strategy is this, but they don't think about balancing the bucket because you still have to retain your customers. So it's how do you balance that? So that is what uncapping your growth is. I find it so interesting that we're talking about brands who are in the multi-six going into seven figures And some of those conversations sound like, okay, do I have to start 
over, right? Like I have to rethink my product line. I have to rethink my pricing. And what I'm really curious about, like, let's take the product line piece of that is how do you know when you should or shouldn't be expanding your line? And I guess this is where we do the plugin. I have a sales maximizer spreadsheet that you guys can download after this session. You have to go back to your data. You're a multi-six-figure entrepreneur. You have historical data. You have year-to-date data. You have last-year data. And you have two years of data. So you're supposed to look at that data. And when you plug it into the tool I'll give you, you'll be able to see what is your strategy for growth. Is it customer acquisition? Is it retention? Or is it going and getting your old customers to come back to your brand? These three different strategies have a different way of growth. So if you're a seasoned entrepreneur and you're having customer acquisition, you shouldn't go and create a product that's just exactly the same as your existing product line. You should go create a product that will bring in, I call them incremental or new customers. So that's how you think about it when you're doing customer acquisition. If it's retention, there are probably some leaks. You've probably not um, maximized the current customer base that you have. And it could be as a result of all the products that you're having. So people don't know what to buy. Yes. Too many choices. Yeah. You know, too many choices. So you confuse people. And so you need to understand what's my growth strategy for the next year. And then from that growth strategy, you need to understand what lever do I need to pull for me to see that growth. Got it. Okay. Because I really come from more of the fashion space versus the individual product space. So for me, when you're in fashion, it's like you got new stuff coming out all the time, multiple times a year, and that's what the customer is waiting for. So it's very interesting to hear that different perspective. And I think about let's take food, for example, right? One of the brands you worked with is Lay's. I eat a lot of Lay's. I love Lay's. (laughs) (laughs) But when you think like, yeah, they have a lot of flavors, but like you don't see new flavors coming out all the time. No. And sometimes when they do come out, it's like really special. Yes. But I feel like I voted on new potato chip flavors before. So it is a very different approach from just always having new stuff every season. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with um, skincare, right? For example, like um, Nivea, I worked on a Nivea product where Nivea is known for body lotion, but they realized that they've really saturated that market. So they wanted to bring in a new customer. What do they create? An in-shower lotion. That's a different person. That's a different way of using the product. That's a different habit you're trying to create in your customer, right? That's what true innovation is. And that's what breakthrough brands do. Right. Speaking of that product, I could not break the habit of putting on lotion when I got out of the shower. So when I tried that, it literally just sit there and I never used it. And I would get out and I'd be like, oh, shit, I forgot to put it on. That is a whole new customer, a whole new habit. And even now how they market and sell it is very different from their regular shower gels. You barely see it on the retail shelf. You probably see it on their website or on Amazon because that's a different person altogether, right? So you have to have this knowledge if you really want to scale. 
especially for clients who want to get into retail, getting into retail is not a walk in the park, right? <laughs> so it's just having this knowledge that's super helpful. And I love that you're really talking and your background being in the data, because what I always say is the data never lies. Yes. There's so much power in knowing and understanding that. Okay. So we've kind of got like a little bit of a background here. So like, what are the next steps for the person who's listening? And they're like, yeah, I totally want to uncap my growth and grow my sales. Like, what do you tell them to do? I would tell them to figure out what's missing, figure out what's broken. It's probably just one thing that needs to be tweaked and not the entire strategy. Oftentimes, it goes back to understanding who your customer is. It sounds so simplistic, but a lot of people don't do that or don't even think about that. Because what happens is we create brands based on our own operating reality and not our customer's operating reality. So we do things based on what we want to do. We market based on what we want to say. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that's the number one thing, really identifying what's the gap, and then also going back and asking yourself, am I the voice of my customer? And a lot of times we are, right? Depending upon how we created that product. But then sometimes we're not. And it's important that we're able to sort of recognize that. And, you know, I have this program coming up and I had an idea of what I want it to be, but it's not about me. It's about them. So the first thing I did was I actually put out a survey to ask them, what do they want to see in this program? Exactly. You know, so lucky enough, a lot of their response is what I already thought. So I was like, sweet, I'm paying attention and I got it. But then there were some other things I was actually really surprised by. And so now I'm rethinking what that's going to look like because it is about them and not me. So one of the things that's super important to me, and I think why people love listening to the e-commerce badassery podcast is because I like to keep it real with my audience, right? There is a lot of bullshit on the internet that talks about how running a product business is so easy and you just do this and run ads. And we know that's not true. So Because you do work one-on-one with clients and you have all this brand experience, I'd love to hear about something you tried, a strategy that you tried that failed. Oh, such a great question. To be honest, I would say trying to position an affordable brand as a luxury brand. And this was pretty much because of what the CEO told me he was going through. So when I met the CEO, he's the CEO of a large fashion brand in Africa. He was working really hard and was feeling pretty maxed out, looking for funds to operate his business. But he still had a lot of problems ahead of him that he needed to solve. We can talk about limited production capacity, monthly product launches to attract a new audience, poor margins, sluggish sales, constant no's from investors, ineffective e-commerce brand growth strategies. The list is endless. But he had so much ambition to create a business that thrives. And he was like, Maureen, my brand is a luxury brand. And I was like, okay, you've done it. You're the CEO. I'll take your word for it. It's a luxury brand. So we tried to implement all the strategies on this planet 
to make the business thrive. Because he was like, I really need to become a recognizable brand because I want every woman to have my fashion bag. But that's what he thought he needed, right? We talked about he thought he needed more money to ramp up distribution, membership programs, investors. But to be honest, he had a brand growth strategy problem. What Ian really needed was skills. He needed a skill to interpret the data that the customers were already giving him. And because of lack of that skill, this caused him to constantly react to market demands instead of anticipating them. He couldn't get clear on his messaging because he couldn't decode the mixed messages his sales were implying. His business wasn't structured in a way that would allow him to pre-plan for growth. And because of that, he couldn't be profitable because systems lead to profitability. I hope people will understand that. Without the systems, it's hard to become profitable. So what he really needed is that he needed to create demand for his product through leveraging his data. And what did his data say? His customers were looking for a functional bag. It's basically a mom with two kids at home who has so many things that they have to pack every single day and they could care less about luxury products. They want a bag that would put my lunch bag, my gym bag, <laughs> like a functional bag, right? But he didn't have that skill. And I came in and I helped him see that. And from that, how he decided to grow was basically scrapping out the whole luxury narrative, scrapping out the whole idea of I need to run Facebook ads for marketing in order to sell. He didn't need that. All he needed to do is focus on functional bags as well as focus on the heritage of his brand. His heritage is all about bringing out the African culture. So if that's the heritage of his brand, he needs to be in the airport, right? You know, the mom and pop shows where people are traveling, that's where he needs to be. He needs to be in a retail stores that sell ethnic and cultural items for him to grow. And that's exactly what he did. And through that, got an investment of over $50,000 for two consecutive years. He's now at the multi-six figure, but it goes back to the one thing I talked about, your data. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. And it's really like you were saying before, you know, we market what we want to market, what we want to say, but it's not about us. So of course, a lot of people get into this because they have this idea in their mind of what their product is going to be, what their business is going to be. And I get it. And, you know, sometimes you can just stay focused on that. But also, sometimes if your number one goal is to just have a business selling a product you like, does it matter where you're sold or what your messaging is? Like, okay, so you're functional versus luxury. Does that really matter to you? No, it probably shouldn't because ultimately you just want the right person to have the right product. And so I would encourage people not to get super hung up on the idea that they originally had of what their business would look like because it might look different. Absolutely. And talking about where you're going to sell your product, right? That's very different than what he was probably originally thinking. Mm -hmm. He was basically going to do what he sees everybody doing on the market. But people fail to understand that the fundamentals of building a brand are the same, but brands are unique. So your marketing strategy should be unique. I love that. 
So what about something that worked really well or what is sort of one of maybe your go-tos with clients because you know that it works? And of course, we know every business is different, so there's no real blanket answer. But do you have something that you've seen a lot of success with? Yes. What I've seen a lot of success is learning how customers shop and why they pick one product over another is what drive success. And for me, majority of my client success comes from my organic content strategy. So not to toot my own horn, but I'd say my clients are having massive success. We've generated over 100,000 in a content calendar that I created that's specifically for product-based businesses. And what does that look like? This calendar is centered around understanding the psychology of shoppers. So the psychology of your customer, your consumer. So it's a bespoke process that looks at an entire 360 degree of what drives the emotional bond of your product to your consumer. What's your brand's main idea? And also what's the functional benefit of your product? Like why do I need to buy from a functional standpoint? And so this together with those three pillars layering in influencer marketing that works, that is centered around complementary brands, that is centered around micro-influencers that are interested in your product. Because what I've learned over time, and I've said this over and over again, is marketing is how people find you, while branding is why people buy you. I hope everyone's listening. (laughs) So if you build content around this framework, then that's where the magnetism comes in. And it boils down to understanding the psychology of your shopper. Because all of those marketing dramas, that's just your brand tricking you into thinking the real problem is Instagram algorithm or your site's SEO or your inability to write a proper tagline. But that's not why your customers are picking your competitors over you. It's because of your brand. Most entrepreneurs go into total paralysis the second anyone brings up brand because they think this thing is expensive, but really it's not expensive. You need to anchor yourself on the data that you've collected over the years to get you to where you are right now as a multi-six-figure entrepreneur. And because you're a creative, I do understand this doesn't come naturally. So if it doesn't come naturally, then find some help. Find some help because you need to know this in order to scale to where you really want to go to. Yeah, obviously understanding your data and all that is so important. But there's another little nugget in there is if you don't know how, get someone to help you invest in that support because it is a game changer. They're going to do it faster. It's ultimately going to be cheaper, even though you're like, oh, I don't want to spend the money on it. And look, I'm guilty of this. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. And then I'm like, okay, Jessica, like you're wasting time trying to do it yourself or you're capping your growth by not making the investment and not doing these things and making these changes. So It's just really important, especially when you're talking about that multi six going into the seven figure businesses like you need to be investing. What got you there is not going to get you to the next level. Exactly. And there's always a lot of fear around investing, but people have to remember this. You have to make that decision based on where you want to be. 
So if you were a multi-six figure, you would be investing in somebody to help you. Because if you don't do that, you're just reinforcing your current situation. So you're just going to be stuck. And then you're going to be on the year-to-year um, hamster wheel. The same revenue numbers you got last year are the same numbers you will get this year. And the cycle continues. Right. Or if you are growing, you are on your way to burnout because you don't have the proper systems and step-by-step to really maximize that revenue that you are seeing and still being profitable, right? I see a lot of revenue, but not a lot of profit in this space as a big issue. And so much of what Maureen is talking about is so important and is going to help you be more profitable, which ultimately, that's what I want for you, friend. Exactly. We all want that for you guys. So (laughs) yeah, yes. Okay. So you've given us so many good nuggets here. Is there anything else that when it comes to brand growth that the audience needs to know and understand that you haven't already shared? I'll just say one thing. There's really no such thing as forever brand loyalty anymore. And big brands know it. A lot of people will ask me, what's the reason? It's because there's so much choice these days. I mean, think of how many places you could go to buy jewelry. I can think of Brighton, Kendra Scott, Target, and a million other tiny Instagram brands. Gaining brand loyalty is really hard work. Never mind keeping it. That's why I spend a lot of my time teaching clients to focus on something entirely different, which is building memory structures in the mind of your clients, also known as changing your customer's brain so they think of you when they're ready to buy. So many entrepreneurs think they're annoying customers by repeating the same thing over and over again. They want to keep it fresh and change it up all the time. But remember, repeating yourself creates that memory structure that ultimately drives sales. Thank you for saying this because this feeds into what I talk about when it comes to like email marketing all the time, right? Is you cannot say these things too many times. And I know, I know you are sick and fucking tired of saying it. You're sick and tired of hearing it, but that's you. Your customer has not heard it enough. They really have not. And you have new people coming into your orbit all the time and people who aren't, frankly, paying attention to you (laughs) anyway. So we do have to repeat these things. And that goes across everything, right? Messaging on your website, on social media, in emails, in any advertising you're doing. I love love, love that. This is so like selfish of me, but I love when a guest like says something that reiterates something I've already said. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're bees besties. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, she gets me. She gets me. But it is, it's so very true. So thank you so much for saying that. And I hear that you have a little bit of a something special for our audience. Yes, I do. I have a 10-minute video where I'm really talking about how to maximize your product sales. So it's how do you uncup this growth? So in that video, I'm talking about 
the three not so obvious mistakes that product-based entrepreneurs are currently making that is slowing your growth and putting that cap that you're seeing. I'm also talking about how to identify the one strategy you need to focus on first to increase your sales right now. And then I am giving you my proprietary sales maximizer spreadsheet that big brands have used to find their next million dollar growth opportunities and teaching you how to use it for your brand. If you want to come and find more details, you can hop into Facebook and type product entrepreneurs who scale. I do weekly teachings and live um, quarterly trainings where you can come and enjoy this uh, goodness. And Jessica is part of it as well. So <laughs> Yes, you need to go to Maureen's group. She gives away so much information. She's way more consistent in her group than I am. Guys, I'm working on it, I promise. But she does. She shows up every week with so many good nuggets. There's a lot of great product entrepreneurs in there. So where are they going to get that freebie? You can go to www.startwordconsulting.com forward slash maximize your product sales. And we will put that link in the show notes too. And then where else can everyone find you if they want to connect with you? And where do you hang out the most? I hang out the most in my Facebook group. So if you want to connect with me, just join my Facebook group, go to the Facebook search bar, type in product entrepreneurs who scale. You will be prompted to answer three questions and my assistant will happily welcome you and we can get onto the DM and chat. Oh, I love that. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes as well, along with Maureen's website. And she has a podcast too, right? Is that live now? Yes, the podcast is live and it's called Product Entrepreneur Show. Go pay attention to what Maureen has to say. I'm soaking it all up too, because I need the help as well. Like what she talks about, this is the real deal. Like, Think of the brands that she's working with. Okay. This is no mom and pop stuff. This is big stuff where like when you screw it up, everyone notices. So (laughs) I'm sure that was a lot of weight on her shoulders back in the day when she was doing that. So thank you again, Maureen, so much for being here. I just love chatting with you and everyone listening. Thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful new year if you're listening to this in real time. And I will see you on the flip side, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.